Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of Brewers. I'm Emily. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that brings you the stories behind your favorite beer. Don't forget, guys, if you're not already following us on social media, we are at Brewroots on everything, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes. It helps us more than anything. And we love getting your emails. We are info at brewroots.com. And if you guys haven't noticed, we are not in the same location. Emily, where yeah. are you right now? I am in Brooklyn, New York. I am visiting my friend and my sister for a week. So I'm having that tourist experience that I never had before and wanted to take some time to record this week with Matt so we're doing this via Skype yeah and you know it's kind of funny because this episode we recorded is also via Skype true that's right so we met with Greg who is the CTO and co-founder of Untapped and Greg took some time to talk with us about how Untapped got started and the way that they think about you know, their user experience and where they're headed as a company. So we're super grateful to Greg for taking the time with us. Yeah, I'm also super grateful to anyone that listened to our Loggers and Ale episode last week. Uh, a lot of people said they enjoyed it. So uh, Emily kind of thought of that episode last minute. So good job, Emily. I think the fans yeah. liked it. That's awesome. I mean, I feel like that was a style that we haven't really covered before. And we've been hearing a lot of talk of it just in these interviews and conversations with people that bloggers have become this like forgotten breed that, you know, craft brewers are taking on as, you know, a new offering. And I was really excited to talk about why they're different and taste a few of them. And also, of course, return to my favorite style, which is the Pilsner. So yeah, yeah that was a fun one. I'd have to agree. So uh, this week, we've got a couple cool announcements. Uh, what should we announce? What should we announce first, Emily? Well, let me... Huh. Well, I mean, the day has finally come, and Essex County Brewing is going to be opening their doors the week of Thanksgiving on Wednesday. So I believe Matt is going to be there. Yeah, um, so that's November 21st, a.k.a. Thanksgiving Eve. We. Mm-hmm. so excited but, uh, for them i am too and uh if you haven't listened to our episode uh with them it's a couple episodes back take a listen but uh moreover they're doing a soft opening tonight and uh tomorrow from four to six so if you get a chance uh check them out a little bit early they're gonna have a couple beers on tap and uh i know i'll be there so i'm excited yeah i'm really pumped for them and can't wait for them to do a brew roots beer we're really excited for that and i would also like to give a huge shout out to at beerme.now that is one of our instagram followers they sent us some amazing beer from virginia and matt you said that you're trying that virginia blondale from cannon tin cannon brewery yes it's awesome it's a really really good ale uh and it's kind of funny that i'm drinking an ale um because we mentioned our last week's episode but uh they were just really excited to send us beer. I mean, it's a listener, and uh, we get to scratch another state off the map, finally. Yay! And it looks like we're going to be getting some beer from Maryland and Georgia, thanks to at MaddieBake27. Yeah. So, so thank you, MaddieBake. Yeah, she reached out to us last week and was like, you guys don't represent the South. I was like, We've been trying. We, we talk trying. about it all the time. Yeah, so... Uh, 
she's going to send us some beer from Maryland, and then she's going home for Thanksgiving to get some beer from Georgia for us. So we're really excited about that. That's really exciting. I was I asked about Georgia in one episode, and I'm really looking forward to getting some of that. Yeah, so we'll get to scratch uh, two more states off, and I can't wait because now we have some pretty good beer for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's going to be a great holiday. I am looking forward to sharing that with the members of my family that do drink beer, <laughs> and Matt feels the same. Yes, I do, absolutely. All right, so this week, like you said, Emily, earlier, we are featuring Greg from Untapped as the CTO. Um, but before we do that, you have a fun fact, right? Yeah, so after our episode about loggers, um, I was looking at sort of the etymology, which essentially just means like the origins of some word and kind of the historical reasons why a word is said the way that it's said. And I was looking at like lagers and ales, and I found out that the word ale comes from an old English word that's elu, which is E-A-L-U, which originally comes from another word, which is Proto-Germanic, alu, A-L-U, and ultimately from this Proto-Indo-European base, Illut, which essentially just holds these connotations around like sorcery, magic, possession, and intoxication, which I thought was really funny. It's just like the word ale kind of gives the sense that you're going to be, you know, taken over by some kind of different energy, like you're going to be possessed by your intoxication. That's funny. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do not have a beer fact this week. So. I mean, history. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, I'm sure at Thanksgiving, there was beer and ale served at the first Thanksgiving. Of course, even cider. So that's my beer history. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just one more thing to announce before we get on to the interview. Since I am in Brooklyn this week, I'll be visiting a number of breweries. And if you guys have any suggestions of where you think I should hit, if we have any New York listeners. uh, Other half. Other half. I know that I'll be heading there tomorrow. uh, But if there are any other suggestions, definitely hit us in the DMs and I will try to hit as many as I can. Yes, absolutely. All right, Emily, do you want to introduce this episode? All right, without further ado, this is Untapped with Greg, CTO and co-founder, Matt and Emily. Let's take it away. So, Greg, uh, we just have a couple of questions for you. So one thing um, that I like to do when we start off interviews is just hear about your role at Untapped, what you do, and your first memory of beer. <laughs> yeah, so what I do with Untapped, I'm the co-founder and CTO uh, for the company company. So my responsibilities uh, right now mainly revolve around our consumer products, which sounds very enterprisey, but basically what it is, is our, our app uh, and um, the consumer app you download for your phone today. We also have the business side of the of the company that I don't manage specifically, but um, that's really what I do uh, from that side. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do. And my first, honestly, my memory of beer, uh, you know, the funny thing is, and probably talk about this a little later, is that when we first started on tap, my co-founder, Tim and I, we really weren't into beer that much. We were really into Foursquare, which is where the whole process of kind of understanding, um, you know, checking in at different places kind of came from, where we took that same methodology and applied it to an industry that was very social. That's kind of where Untap was all uh, made from. 
But we really were into beer. So my first kind of craft beer that I got into was Rare Voss by Brewery, Brewery Omegang out of here in New York. And uh, you know, it's a very interesting beer for your first craft one because it's not a traditional kind of crossover brand. It's pretty complex beer. Belgian, Belgian strong ale is not you know, your traditional, like, you know, I'm going to get into craft now. So I'm going to try this style of beer. So for me, you know, trying that beer for the first time opened my eyes to the amount of flavor and experiences that we can have with a particular beer. Um, you know, and that's kind of where I, I, I fell in love with it. And, and, you know, traditionally having the standard lagers all the time and, and, and uh, not having the complex nature of what I had uh, with Rare Voss kind of opened my eyes to new, new avenues. So um, super excited about, about that experience I have, but very, very unconventional, but it worked for me. That's excellent. So, Greg, how did you and your co-founders meet? And like, what was like the deciding factor to build on tap? So Tim and I met uh, on Twitter, believe it or not, which is very, very crazy. But uh, a couple about, about 10 or 15 years ago now, I don't know the exact number. I was building a Twitter clone. Um, you kind of getting into web development, um, building up on some of my, especially up on my skill sets. And I ended up tweeting out that I was looking for a designer, someone who could help with CSS, um, which is how you build websites from a design perspective and just a designer in general. And use a few hashtags in there, CSS, design, et cetera. And Tim happened to be looking in the same uh, hashtag at the same time. And then from there, um, we kind of connected. We kind of built that Twitter clone a little bit and never really came uh, to fruition and never really got off the ground. But from that, we were able to kind of work together some freelance projects uh, on some other other sites together. So we had been working together for a little while before Untap was kind of born. Uh, in the summer of, of 2010, um, you know, Tim came up, came to me and said, look, you know, um, I have this idea for an app called Untapped and kind of explained it to me. Um, you know, we were really big into Foursquare back then, like I mentioned. So it's kind of building off of Foursquare's check-in methodology attached to uh, inherently is very social uh, uh, in real presence platform. And for us, we looked around and we looked at other other apps out there and nothing was real time. There were some like post review sites back those days, uh, but whole, not a whole lot of kind of real time interaction. That's kind of where Untap was born from is just, um, you know, using the, the skill sets that we had as developers in, in the space. And it's funny enough, we met over Twitter and, you know, 15 years later, now we're running a company and, you know, it, it's all surreal to us, even at this stage, even doing this app for almost uh, eight years now. Yeah. And you guys just celebrated your eighth anniversary. Is that right? We did. Yeah. So we launched officially on October 22nd, 2010. So uh, on October 22nd, this past uh, a couple weeks ago um, was, uh, was actually the anniversary. That's awesome. So that brings me to a question. What's one thing that you would have told yourself eight years ago when you were just starting Untapped? <laughs> Very good question. So, you know, my, my, my realm of, of, of where I work mostly is on the technical side. And there are a lot of technical gains that I've learned over the years because, you know, when you go to school, um, I teach you how to build apps for maybe 10, 15 people. They don't teach you how to scale apps for millions and millions of people. And to this day, we have around 6 million Untapped users that are using it. So we're you know, obviously a lot of trial by fire with scaling and architecture. Um, so, um, you know, I, I would I would definitely tell myself that, you know, uh, trial by fire is good. At the time, you're always thinking to yourself, man, I'm, I'm a horrible coder, hotter, horrible developer. Why can't I get this right? A lot of times you have to actually um, uh, really kind of do trial by fire to see if this is actually something that will work. And that takes some time. So, uh, you know, a lot of times during the process, you can tell yourself that, it's not working. I don't know what I'm doing and stuff like that. So the best thing to do is keep trying and, and, and keep moving on, on a more community based things. Uh, we launched a moderator program or an edit program back in December of 2010. So we were live for about 
for a month before we did it, uh, I would probably have been a little more stricter in terms of defining types of, of criteria for what is allowed to be on tap from a beverage perspective. Back then, we weren't really adverse in all the different things around the, the brewing process um, and kind of like it had a, a wide range of things that we were accepting. Um, that kind of got us in trouble a little bit in terms of nowadays trying to clean it up. Like, for example, there are some, you know, mixed wine cooler beverages that are still kind of on the site, but are not really allowed. So we have to kind of backtrack a little bit there. So kind of well-defined well criteria, what's allowed uh, from a beverage perspective is something that I would probably look back on. And finally, the, the biggest thing is vintages. So, you know, being a beer novice in the beginning, I didn't think that there really were these such things as, you know, vintageable beers for lack of a better word. So, you know, we kind of let people create years on, on beers, like Sierra Nevada Celebration Ales, things like that. But then it got really kind of crazy with people were just creating a beer uh, for a vintage for uh, a yearly release or a seasonal release. It doesn't really change from that often. So if I could take that back, I probably would make sure that we define those criteria ahead of time so that we don't run an issue eight years later, have to clean up a bunch of stuff that may or may not be a real vintage or not. So um, we're obviously we're working toward all these things, making them better every day, but probably some things I would tell myself uh, as we got into this process. <laughs> That's great. I like what you said about trial by fire. Do you guys yeah. use um, the agile methodology in your development process? Does that ever come into play? Because I feel like that kind of dovetails nicely with your philosophy on just kind of like try things and, and break them. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 you know, when we're working on it part time, you know, in the five and a half years beforehand, before we merged with another company and be able to go on it full time, uh, we actually were just two people. So, you know, we can definitely say we were trying to be agile, but when you only have one developer and one designer, it pretty much is the only way to fly. Um, we tried a lot of things, trying to make things work, um, you know, different, different methodologies on, on badges and scripting and things like that. Um, but as we moved to a bigger company, agile is what we really uh, support in terms of our growth and stuff like that. So we really try things. Um, and then, um, you know, kind of iterate on those for our, our big iteration process. We're not the kind of company that's going to take like six months to, to figure out if the, the hue color of a button is, is good or not. Like we don't do those type of things. We are iterating fast. We're making changes. We're making improvements and learning from them. I think that really helps us be uh, one with the users and also provide uh, better products uh, quicker than they usually before. Cool. All right. So, Greg, let's talk about uh, the, the journey of Untapped. Uh, let's the first and foremost question, did Untapped ever have a different name or no, was Untapped always the, the name? Yeah. So we we originally always had Untapped as a name. It was not with an E at the end of it. Um, we went to purchase the domain for the Untapped with an E. It actually turned out to be a uh, a beer blogger in New York that hadn't updated his site since like 1970 or something like that. He was backlogging <laughs> a lot of the stuff that he'd done before. Um, so we decided, you know, to use Untapped with an E because, you know, uh, in the internet world, vowels aren't cool. And then we realized we have a U and we have an A somewhere else. So I guess we weren't really kind of conforming to those standards. Uh, but, you know, we were kind of modeling off of Flickr and those other things when they dropped the E. Um, so that's kind of where Untapped was was named from. But, um, yeah, it never was a different name. It was always Untapped. Excellent. So I'm guessing that you were user number one, your co-founder, yes. user number two. Do you know who user number three was? So from user number three to about, I would say, 30, uh, we're all test users when we first started. So we, again, if I could do it over another question, I'd probably create a separate database for test accounts and stuff like that. Because nowadays, like, that's what you normally do. But ten eight years ago, we really didn't know all about that. So we created the same database from the very beginning until um, now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So the, um, the 
from, from two to 30 were all test accounts. And what we did was, I'm a huge fan of Doug, the Nickelodeon cartoon. That's so awesome. all of our test users were all named after um, uh, cartoons um, so yeah, from like that Panny, series. You had like Patty Mayonnaise. And... Patty Mayonnaise, Mr. Jink, uh, Mr. <laughs> Valentine. Any we had nematodes? Them all in there. No nematodes, no. Uh, <laughs> but we had all the, the primary kind of uh, cat, uh, characters there from a test perspective. So that was really cool. Um uh, in that aspect there. Uh, and then after that, uh, it was my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time that I was actually developing this and also, uh, Tim's girlfriend and now his wife too. So those were user number 31 and 32 on the platform. Um, so it was our family, close friends. Uh, then we kind of released a kind of a beta version from says September to October, where we had invite codes that we were giving out to certain sites, um, that we partnered with. Um, that's where kind of got some of the, the traction at, at the start, but the earliest users were definitely friends and family for sure. Uh, didn't start to spread outside that area until we officially launched really on October uh, from that perspective. Can we talk about the process of seeing, you know, uh, new logins come in? Was it kind of like a Pied Piper moment? Uh, homage to like, you know, Silicon Valley, obviously we're talking about people just, do you guys freak out all of a sudden you woke up and you had, you know, 200 followers, 300 followers, a thousand, you know, so on yeah, and so forth. Yeah, we, we definitely had, had that moment for sure, specifically when, uh, after the beta fear went, went over, we had a, uh, a a Mashable article written about us in the probably November 4th, I believe, in 2010. So we had seen a login and account creation from one of the ed editors that I had followed and kind of pitched the idea to. So we knew something was coming. We just didn't know when it was coming. So we had seen a steady growth of users in our beta process, you know, maybe uh, maybe like maybe five or 10, you know, per day, maybe, maybe more. Uh, but once that article hit, it was actually published uh, late on the East Coast. Uh, and I think it was actually a West Coast driven article. So it really didn't publish until around 10 p.m. that night. So I remember specifically getting an alert um, from my, from Tim saying, look, we need to watch the servers because this thing is going crazy. So we were seeing user growth from usually five to 10 per day to like, like 300, 400, 500 all at once uh, as this app kind of rolled out. So it was really cool to see uh, a very cool catching experience. Um, to be completely honest with you, the most aha moment I had was when I went to one of my favorite bars here in New York City, and I saw two guys sitting at the end of that bar, and they were both checking in on untapped, and I had no idea where they are. And that's kind of to me how where I was like, wow, this is actually this is doing something. People are, are getting this application, and they're using it. So those moments are what I strive for today. It's incredibly motivating, incredibly humbling to be able to see someone use your product at a bar that you don't know. Uh, and those are kind of the experiences where we, we kind of try for every day. That's awesome. That must have been such a great feeling. You guys were recently nominated actually on that Inc. list of U.S. fastest growing companies. Mm -hmm. So you guys obviously grew pretty quickly in the past eight years. What are some ways in which you kind of had to handle that fast growth? When was the moment where you were like, okay, we need to really start building a team here, you know? Right. In the first five and a half years, we really weren't on any type of roadmap in terms of how we're building things because we're doing it part-time. So in 2016, we merged with a company called Next Class that were located at Wilmington, North Carolina, which were the headquarters of Untapped is today. And from there, uh, we scaled a lot from that 2016 date to where we are today. So a lot of things that we never had to really worry about was growing a team. Uh, we were just two guys kind of doing this on our side. And now in a, in a more of a full-time setting, we need to hire extra developers, uh, more salespeople, but more management. I think as you grow from being a small startup and moving into more of a, an actual business per se, um, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. I mean, we have around 90 employees now that work for Untapped. 
Um, and you know, majority of them are sales oriented people. We have all developers, but just building uh, teams of management that can manage those teams effectively is something that we really didn't have a lot of uh, experience in because usually we're just the two of us just working on our spare time in our in uh, off hours and stuff like that. So understanding how to grow a team and, and, and understanding to hire people that are smarter than you um, to build out that team is incredibly important. Uh, and we were able to do that just by listening, working with our with our executive teams and trying to figure out exactly uh, how to grow, how to build. But the biggest challenge is ultimately hiring, getting people under the hood, getting the buy-in to what we're trying to build and, and being one consolidated group as a whole allows us to progress pretty fastly and grow. And we're honored to be part of that, that list for Inc. 5000. Yeah, I mean, that also brings me to a question just about your team and your culture. So what do you think makes all of your untapped employees kind of unique? Like what's kind of one thing that unites all of them together? I think ultimately, as we as after we grew and after we merged, I think one of the things that united us is that we're all pretty much untapped users. I mean, you look at a company like I used to work for ABC News and, and stuff like that. I mean, sure, we all read the news, but are we all on ABC News all the time? Probably not. But with untapped, it became part of our culture that our, our employees are also part of our, our community. So we have a lot of people that are from original, uh, original days that are big and untapped um, that really kind of love the the fast of the beer, love the expansion of beer. And that makes their work a lot more, a lot easier, right? Because they're building stuff for platforms for things that they're really passionate about. Um, all of our employees are also dedicated to the craft of what we do. And I think that says a lot about who we are as an organization. It's, it's not um, something where someone goes to work and they're just kind of getting through the day and waiting until that clock hits 5 p.m. and they're gone. Everyone's incredibly passionate and motivated about the industry that we're in and what work we're doing to kind of better that industry. So it makes it a lot easier for us to kind of excel and motivate people because everyone's extremely passionate about things that they work on already uh, in a field that, you know, they may have already been really popular with to begin with. So that's kind of differentiates ourselves and our culture is that we're very open. We're very um, transparent what we do. We're passionate and motivated. And uh, we try to do the same thing with a lot of stuff we work on. What would you say uh, uh, Untap's overall mission is, and like, what do you strive to? What's the end game? What's this, what do you strive to do? Yeah, from the very beginning, Untap was a tool to help kind of connect all three of the major pieces together, and that's users finding beer, breweries finding users, and then everything else kind of come back and finding beer all together. So, from our standpoint, we want to help the user find beer find friends, be your wingman, for lack of a better word, know where to go, know what to have, and know who to hang out with. So, you know, that's from the consumer perspective of what we're looking to kind of solve. That's evolved so much over the years of what we're trying to do. You know, we're not just a check-in application that we were probably about five or six years ago. Now we have incredible fine beer uh, data that you can find a beer uh, from a lot of our verified venues that put up their beer list every single day. Uh, you can get recommendations that are tailored to your taste profile and also available in your local area with our distribution map that we've created. Uh, and we also have a great way to kind of find and meet new people. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've met so many people from the Untapped app and I've also had a couple of really close friends that have been invited to their weddings from people from the Untapped. So it's an incredible community uh, um, that we just try to cultivate. A lot of people said that we've created a great community here. And I would say we haven't really created any community. We've cultivated it. What I mean by that is that there were a large community of beer users out there already that were doing this in their own days. They were writing a piece of paper. They were doing Excel spreadsheets. They were doing other things to kind of keep track of what they've had. What we've done is bring all those tools to their fingertips in a more mobile-friendly version and a more kind of fast-paced, um, easy to use. So that's kind of what we've kind of aimed to do. And, you know, it doesn't just stop there. Ultimately, 
provide uh, services for, for venues to have their digital displays and their print menus done by us as well. So we're trying to take the vertical of beer and really try to apply to it. And, and that's really what we're trying to do in this, in this era. Are you taking user feedback and what is a recent piece of user feedback that has been ultimately implemented into the application? You know, one of the things that I think sets apart from a lot of other apps is that we really care about the users. And I'm not saying that other people don't care about their users, but from our standpoint, we really care that uh, Untapped is one of those apps that we listen. Uh, I spend time every single week answering support requests, which, you know, someone at, at my, my level probably doesn't do in other companies. I think it's very important for us. And everyone on my team does the same thing as well, uh, because we want them to get a feel with the users. It's everything that, that they want in the application, we should try to support. And of course, we can't do everything. We have to say no sometimes, but there are a lot of uh, requests that come through that we actually do. And, and I would say majority of the feature requests that we actually implement are from users. Because again, if without them, there would be no uh, no users for, for lack of a better word, right? No community. Um, so we've done a lot of things recently that users have requested. Um, you know, we've done things like uh, we've added, uh, there was, there's a custom list feature in the application where people can actually add uh, beers from a list so you can do it for your like your seller or something like that and one feature was they want to be able to scan the beers to add to lists as opposed to searching for them so that's an easy fix that we've implemented and stuff like that so we're always listening uh, we have an e email that that we listen to feedback from and feedback on untap.com you can submit a support request to help that untap.com for that and we're always listening and trying to implement as much as we can to make a better user experience so we're really gung-ho about user feedback we try to do it as much as we can uh, and a lot of features what we build are based on feature feedback. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude to have. Um, and yeah, like you said before, somebody at your level might not be the one looking at the request, but I think it's it's still important for you to get that visibility and kind of identify like maybe some trends of, okay, people are really asking for this thing. Maybe we should make this a priority. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, from our standpoint, there's, you know, we do have levels, obviously, with any company, but, you know, I, I, one of my greatest thrills is being able to talk to people about Untapped and learning from their experience. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes when I'm at a bar or a restaurant, I see someone using it, and, you know, be, you know I'm not going to be the guy that says, you know, I'm, I'm the co-founder, <laughs> blah, 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 it's not really my, my thing, but sometimes I'll just kind of watch a little bit over their shoulder, be a little creepy, I, I guess you could say, but try to understand how they use the application, because that kind of feedback is so important to see, like, you know, people using it in the wild, what they do. I mean, you look at Twitter, for example, the hashtags and the mentions were never even planted part of what they built. And it became a user uh, thing that people have done so many times that became a feature within the platform itself. So we're always looking for things like that or how people use the app, how they, uh, they, they use it with their friends, how they share uh, to get better understanding of, of what, what to build next and how to improve on stuff. Ultimately, we have our internal roadmap that we do for bigger feature sets. Like recently, we released our in-app messaging, so you can kind of chat with, with users. Um, but that also was was kind of stemmed from a, a couple of users that there are a lot of users that wanted to be able to chat with each other through the application in a more private sense. So you know, a lot of the stuff that we do is always about feedback with users, and it's really important to be involved with that process. If anyone else tells you that, tells you that they have a team that does that and they don't get involved with it, they should probably get involved with it because it just helps you as a as an employee, as a user, as an owner, or wherever where your customers are, what they're what they're using, and being involved with that. I'm very approachable. People sometimes say, oh yeah, that's a cool founder. I don't want to talk, talk to him. I, I have my emails on all of the apps that we build. You can always email me. I'm happy to respond when I can. Uh, but I'm not one of those people that are going to be like, you know, uh, try to hide behind the shadows. I want to be involved as much as I can. Yeah, that's great. Do you guys, so you're, you were talking about kind of sitting in a bar and watching over the shoulder of somebody and the way that they're interacting with the app. Do you guys have a process in place where you can kind of conduct 
a usability test of some sort where you're you're watching a group of users and how they interact or like kind of recording their journey? Yeah, we haven't done that yet. Something that we're looking at in the future. We have a, a moderator group which allows uh, help with our, our site where uh, like I mentioned earlier, they can edit beers, merge them, stuff like that. Um, and I, and what we do a lot is we use them for our beta program as well. So everything we do mm. from usage of the application, we give them beta access, new builds of the app that goes out. I'm really focused on, on, on those type of things, um, getting feedback from them, how they use it. So we have a large community of people that do that, probably around 250 of them are all around the world, uh, which is great because, um, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, we really look forward to getting feedback, not just the United States, but other countries, because sometimes issues can be regionalized. And so we want to make sure that we can get everything kind of situated in some way that makes sense for them. And those features help us get to the next level. So no in-person kind of uh, usability observing behind that kind of glass mirror. But for now, what we're doing a lot with this beta testing our moderators and getting feedback from them. That's great. So, Greg, I feel like you're the perfect question. You're the perfect person to ask this question. Um, you know, we're living in an age where there are lots of new emerging technologies. Thinking of like AI, machine learning, and you've probably had this question multiple times because you're the CEO. But thinking about like voice, voice UI, augmented reality, Internet of Things, what's next for Untap? Are there any of those technologies that you guys can imagine plugging in to make for a different or a better experience? Anything you can talk yeah. about? Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff's kind of a little bit secrecy about what we're doing next and stuff like that. But I can say that we're definitely looking a lot more into AI and also a lot into kind of uh, IoT or Internet of Things products to kind of enhance the untapped uh, experience, um, you know, for, for better. One of the things that we've, we've done recently from an internal uh, tool perspective is that we have a procedure or policy about our beer labels on untapped. And what that means is, um, you know, we want them to have uh, um, you know, correct information in terms of the labels and how they're presenting itself. A lot of times what we want to see is labels, actual real labels, not pictures of bottles, not pictures of glass with beer inside of it. Excuse me. We want all of them to be consistent across the board. So what we've done is we use a little bit more of a machine learning over the last month to actually detect labels inside of the image. So we can recommend that, hey, this is a picture of a can or it's a picture of a bottle and kick it back and try to tell the user that, hey, look, this is a great picture, but it needs to conform to our image standards. Before, we had we didn't really have anything on that. We had to do a much manual process of searching for these things, reporting them, and then changing them, and trying to upload them again. But stopping them at the source allows us to kind of get more consistency across the board. So that's an example of some AI that we're building internally. But externally, there's a lot of options that we can do. A lot of people have asked us for things like being able to take a picture of a menu and automatically tell us what the highest rating is and stuff like that. Something we're definitely looking into for the future may not happen, may not, but uh, we're definitely looking into the ways that we can use AI to in increase the experience. Um, one of the things we've added, we've always had, is UPC scanning, which many people use on an everyday basis to scan beers. But sometimes, you know, you get a beer in a, in a draft, which it can't really support um, that, that use case. Um, but we're also looking at other ways to do that as well. Uh, NFC, uh, near field communication, is something that we've been looking into. That's been in the app for a long time, but it hasn't really been progressed on the outside world. Um, there's a company called FinFilm that does um, uh, packaging and also coasters with an NFC chip in it. And we actually integrated it into the Untapped app because when you tap the phone against it, it actually can open up the beer on Untapped automatically for you. So the idea is you have coasters and stuff like that that are at bars and restaurants. You can just kind of put your phone there and bam, it automatically loads the content for you. So all that stuff we're looking for in the future to make check-ins easier, but also improve our recommendations and stuff like that 
as more transient features um, that we'd like to see going forward. But in terms of like extracurricular AI, uh, IoT things, it's always on the forefront of our, of our minds to be able to see how far we can push technology to make a better product for users. Yeah, I love it. I definitely think the coaster idea is really cool. And the ability to take a picture of a label and then have it kind of autofill a nicer looking image just so that the app has a more consistent experience. That's great ways to use that new technology. Sounds All right, good. Yeah. Uh, all right Greg, we want to get to know you a little bit more. Um, sure. So the last beer you drank on Untapped, according to this, was Alpha King. You gave it a four. Yes. <laughs> um, are you more likely to give a better rating because of your status with the company or are you are you honest because i mean on our podcast i'll be brutally honest we don't review beers typically mm -hmm. we don't you know we don't say we like this one for x reason this one or not uh we don't ever give star ratings but is it hard for you sometimes to give like a start or a bottle rating um for me i look at myself as a user and i know that some people say oh yeah well you're in a uh, important position here you're aware it's me impact the company. And of course, that's absolutely true. So if someone gives me a free beer, for example, it doesn't happen very often, but if somebody does, uh, I won't rate it. And I think that that's because maybe the beer was given to me because I'm one of the co-founders or whatnot. Uh, and I don't want that to influence my rating. Every time I rate a beer, if I purchased that particular beer, uh, I wanted to get it and I wanted to share the world with what my thoughts are. Uh, I think one of the th things that I really try to advocate for is, is knowing what beers you like and what styles you like. So for example, I don't like sours, which again, this is going to make a lot of your users cringe and stuff like that. They can't believe this guy doesn't like sours, but it's just not a, a style of beer that I enjoy. So for me, um, I, I, I don't rate them uh, at all if I drink a sour. I want to track that I've had it, but I don't rate them because it's not really the style that I like. And I know that no matter what style, what sour I have, I'm still not going to like it. So it's irrelevant for me to actually rate it low because I know going into the drink that I wasn't going to like that style. So that's how I rate from the platform. I try to be as honest as possible. Uh, I know when beers are potentially, you know, on a dirty graph line, not supposed to be taste like that. And maybe I won't rate it or I won't change my rating and just make a comment about it. But I try to be as truthful as I can because I think that's one of the things that Untapped is so good at, being transparent. I don't want to hide behind a, 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 a transparent thing where users can uh, – um, you know, uh, don't know exactly what I'm, what I'm reading, or maybe there's a thin line behind them. Um, you know, that's kind of the direction that, that I want to be very clear with and stuff like that. So, uh, I try to be as transparent as I can. And I think rating it well and rating it to the truth is a good way for me to do that via my own voice. Yeah. Context is everything. I think for us, when we're tasting a beer, usually we just kind of give our reactions, but we always give like a a disclaimer like hey just so you know like matt doesn't like hazy ipas so he's like right. look my my reaction to this is biased because i'm just not a fan um and and for me i'm sure i have my biases as well but yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to give that context or or write some notes so greg curious about you what's in your fridge at home what, what are so you drinking? I I, I'm actually, uh, what we do on Tapped uh, in, in our development group is that we actually have, um, uh, we actually trade beer a lot. Uh, um, so I, we have one guy in Indiana, John, who's our DevOps guy that has sent me some um, uh, Three Floyds, which is why my last beer was in Alpha King. So I've got a lot of Three Floyds, uh, some Gumball Head, um, some Alpha King, um, and some Zombie Dust that I'm looking to, to drink through for the rest of the couple of days here. And, Moving to the weekend, uh, so I'll be definitely enjoying those. We don't get three Floyds here in New York, so uh, that's obviously a very special treat for me. Um, but you'll find, uh, you know, other beers. I'm mainly an IPA kind of guy. I like 
all things to do with IPAs. I like the, specifically like the New England IPAs, which are more of the hazier kind of style of uh, beverages. So, you know, whenever there's an opportunity to get my hands on those, uh, some of the good ones I like from the Northeast region, from Trillium and Treehouse, never get a chance to go up to Massachusetts. That's kind of where uh, I'll, I'll be heading to, but you'll mainly find some IPAs uh, in there. Um, and uh, those are the types of beers I like to drink. Do you have a guilty pleasure beer? Uh, not really. I mean, honestly, like I, I think, you know, I'm not the, there's a lot of terminology out there that people use about being a beer snob and stuff like that. There's a beer for every situation in, in, in your life. So if you're mowing the grass, maybe you want that light lager that you like to drink and stuff like that. That's kind of whatever your choice is. We don't really kind of, you know, uh, look at it from perspective of saying, Hey, you know, um, you know, we love craft or whatever. We, we love all types of beers. We love craft. We love everyone. We think that a beer, Beer is, is, is good in that situation. So, you know, I'm not traditionally a Pilsner person. Uh, I'm not really one of those guys who likes lighter types of drinks. So I like more hoppier flavored beverages and stuff like that. So I guess my guilty pleasure would be more of a lagers and, and Pilsners. Not to say there's anything wrong with those particular styles of beer, uh, because I definitely enjoy them. But um, that's kind of uh, how I look at it from that perspective. So not really a guilty pleasure per se. I think that whatever beer kind of floats your boat in terms of the, of the uh, area presents itself uh, is good in my, in my book. Yeah, so your app for me was kind of the first foreground into beer trading. It's kind of opened that avenue to see, you know, what's on the West Coast, what's in the, you know, the middle of the country. How yeah. has technology in beer, you know, your app, social media, helped uh, an already booming industry? Do you think that social media helped that? Um, and how potentially is social media and technology kind of hurting the craft beer industry? Yeah, I, I think from, from our perspective that there's a positive and negative, right? So on the positive side, word gets out very quickly about beer, right? So you have places that are like, um, uh, uh, places that are like, uh, I would say the, the more kind of hype-based breweries that are really known for their stuff. Like social the Trilliums and Treehouse. Exactly, right. So those those get out there pretty quickly with social media. And it gives people an opportunity to know about them, hear about them. So with Untapped itself, um, we basically, the platform has given an opportunity for people to discover content differently. So you may not know, like, for example, a couple of years ago, New, New Belgium was not in the, on the East Coast at all. It went as far north on the East Coast as D.C. Uh, and I think... You know, looking at the West Coast, I'm like, oh, what's this red? Uh, is a fat tire? It sounds like an amazing beer. Uh, I don't never heard of it before. I think social media provides avenues like that. So if you're a small town brewer, or even a big one, aside in all the markets, the word of mouth gets your product out there a little better. On the flip side, sometimes it can be negative, where you know uh, people can rate your beer poorly and stuff like that, and all of a sudden it creates a, a firestorm and stuff like that. But for me, a lot of breweries may say that, hey, you know, that's we don't want users rating our beer and stuff like that. I think, honestly, of anything, it gives you feedback and raw feedback about your, about your product. There's not a lot of avenues out there that, that you can just have somebody try your particular beer and all of a sudden uh, be 100% fine with, with the results. You need to get feedback and improve. And the best breweries out there take that feedback as bad as it can be and make a better product. And, of course, you're never going to make everybody happy. It's not going to be something you can make a beer and all of a sudden the entire world loves it. Some people are going to hate on it. But for the most part, I think social media – helps as opposed to being perceived as, as hurting in terms of helping the brewing industry get outside 
understanding who their customers are. I mean, you look at the bigger brands out there, they spend millions of dollars on focus groups to get them to come in and say, oh, what's this beer taste like? Well, then tap their other social platforms. You can get real-time feedback from person drinking your beer right then and there. And with Untap, breweries can claim their page and interact with a user right then and there too. So for me, it's helped, uh, I would say it helped significantly all types of breweries be much more uh, connected with their customers and drinking it, uh, as opposed to kind of focusing more on the rating side, but get more feedback from that, from that perspective. Yeah, I think that's great. It definitely bridges a gap, um, especially when you look at Untapped and it's so focused. You know, it's it's attacking a very specific niche, so it is helping kind of connect the breweries with the people who are most interested in their product. Um, right. So one thing I'm curious about is, have you ever seen a beer on the app with a low rating that you may maybe disagreed with? Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about Untapped and also the beer industry as, as a whole, right? It's not just because I disagree with it. It's because I have a voice and so does everyone else. So I think from our standpoint, um, you know, there'd be a situation where a beer might have a lower rating or something like that. And I try it and I like it. And that's the great thing about the community is that there can be various people that think differently about one particular thing, which creates a lot of conversation. Now, uh, you know, everyone has their own taste palettes. Again, like for example, sour beers, if I rate them, I would rate them very high because I don't really like them. But again, I'm not a sour style person. So my rating is obviously kind of a little bit uh, different than most people. But I think that ratings hold a good value of a generic senses of what the community thinks. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't doesn't mean that the beer is actually bad or, or, or good. You should decide by trying it. Uh, ratings give us kind of a, a way to see what's, what's good and what's not. And the same thing is on Yelp or Amazon, something like that. But ultimately, you are the one that decides whether you like that beer or not. There are a lot of beers out there that I, I may not have a uh, fancy for, but maybe you like. And that doesn't mean that we're any different or the rating is wrong. It's just how we perceive it overall from a collective persona of people. So, you know, I always say even when, if there's a low rating on there uh, and you like the beer, don't be discouraged that it's not good. If you like it, you like it. That's really what it comes down to for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good attitude to have about it. I'm going to give this over to Matt. So what is the top rated beer currently on Untapped for the United States and have you had it? So a lot of the beers that we have from a top rated perspective, we have the different algorithms that determine the top rated. So all the beers that you see on the, on the site today are actually um, weighted by, uh, by weight of just a pure average. But our top rated beers, we use a, uh, like a weighted average that you may see on some sites like IMDb or any other rating sites like Amazon where it's not just the average of all the people. It's also weighted against the other beers in the population. So right now in the United States on, on, on tap, we have traditionally the uh, Bourbon County Stout series that are rated pretty high, around 4.75. Uh, they're up there. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the, of the double uh, stouts and, and, and not a big bourbon guy either. So I haven't had those per se. I've had the regular Bourbon County Stout. Excuse me. It's definitely an amazing beer. Very complex, but working its way down, you have things like uh, uh, the uh, King Julius and Ju- uh, Julius beers from Treehouse, which I've had a lot of, which are amazing and definitely worthy of that. Um, but you know, that's kind of what we see on the top top range. It usually means the higher the ABV and the more complex flavors, the higher the rating. Typically, that's what we see most of the time. So these imperial stouts that are on there that are very complex flavors in the in the the nine to a twelve percent range typically do very well. And, in a rating perspective. I'm not sure if that's because someone drank it all and is really a little mm-hmm. inebriated and stuff like that. It makes it pretty high. Uh, but I think for the most part, they, they speak true to what their, what their flavors are all about. 
is there a region of the country or the world that uh, has the most untapped users? Well, I mean, we are primarily a U.S.-based application, so we started here. So obviously, the U.S. has had is is the most uh, highest, you know, population of untapped users. After that, surprisingly, really, Europe has grown significantly, even outbeating Canada uh, in terms of, of of user growth. We see a lot of growth within the U.K. and Amsterdam. Those are the two areas that we've seen a significant growth over the last couple of years. Uh, obviously in the UK, because our app's in English, so it, it translates over there pretty easily. Uh, Amsterdam, they don't, they don't speak English, but they obviously speak it enough to use the application, um, and that's really growing. But I think that the key reason why our app is growing in different areas is the beer that's there. One of the things that we always try to, to, to pay homage to is the breweries that are making beer, because without them, there would be no application at all. Also, there'd be a lot of angry people that could not drink beer, but that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> but I think for the most part, we see that a lot of brewer growth uh, and style growth have happened over in overseas in Europe over the last uh, last couple of, uh, of, of, um, uh, of, of, of places. I think are the, are the biggest parts of the growth of what we're trying to, to see is uh, really uh, identifying uh, these type of, of people in the breweries around them and really marketing our product to them. So. Because we're a U.S.-based country or company, we have no really boots in the ground in Europe, and it's amazing to see the growth over the years in those areas of the of the, of the world that we really didn't didn't uh, expect. Like we've had we've had check-ins in Africa, we've had check-ins pretty much everywhere except for Antarctica. So if anyone wants to go to <laughs> Africa, check in here. Oh, I'd love to hear about it. So uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing to see that growth, and every day I'm pretty humbled to be able to to see that where this product has gone from the very beginning. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it shows that you guys are really solving a problem, you know, and then you're addressing a need that is not just, you know, for U.S.-based consumers alone. It's a yeah, it's a worldwide absolutely. phenomenon. Yeah. So, Greg, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Is there anything that you would like people to know about Untapped or you guys as a company before we close out? I think that one of the things that we stand for as a company is they try to be as open and as transparent as possible with the things that we're working on. So, you know, like I said, we're, we're super energetic about our community. We really want to support them much as we can. Our company is always uh, empowered to build new and cool ways to, to enhance the top brand. And we welcome any user, anyone that's out there that has suggestions to write in to us at help.untapped or feedback.untapped.com. And, and we'll try to respond and try to implement your features uh, because we really believe in having community-driven um, features is a really important part of a, why we had success within our platform. And we're, we're incredibly fortunate to have a really powerful community of people that love, love beer and love the product and make us, make us better every single day, uh, but also helps us build better products for them. They're the users. They're the ones using it every single day. We want to make sure that we can get um, that to the next level. So I would say, you know, Untapped is a very different company than most people think. Uh, you know, we're really open, really open, really small, uh, we're very nimble, but we're also very accepting and we want to hear from you guys in terms of everyone um, that uses it, what they like, what they don't like, so we can make it better. And we'll, we'll ask upon it. Uh, I know a lot of users have said that to us. I said, oh yeah, you're just saying that because it's like a PR thing. You want to be really cool. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's a truthful thing. We, you know, we would not be here if it wasn't for the, the powerful, uh, passionate community that we have. And, and for us to turn a blind eye on that is, is really not the right way to do it. So we really want to get them involved in our platform. We have a moderator program if you're interested in being uh, editing beers. We, we welcome you to get involved that way. If you want to get feedback on what you've used the app for, what you're looking to do in the future. And sometimes we already have features already there. You may not have explored it in a way like, for example, a lot of people use uh, custom lists for sellers 
we put all the all the beers you have in your cellar. When you actually check in one of those beers, we'll tell you if you want to remove it from that that list or not. So it removes you from the cellar, therefore you're removed from your list. So there's a great ways to be able to do a lot of those things, and uh, we're always looking to talk to users and kind of get involved in that process. That's awesome. So people can find you. They can reach out to you. Info at untapped.com. Is that right? Yep. My personal Twitter is at Greg Avola, G-R-E-G-A-V-O-L-A. And you're welcome to tweet me or whatever you like in the questions. Or you can reach the Untapped uh, uh, inbox, just like you said, at info at untapped.com. Awesome. Well, Greg, I appreciate so much you taking the time. This was really awesome to learn more about the company. And thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thank you. 